you know, I'm trying to write a novel. Really? Yeah. I uh, I started last last July. I wanted to try the easiest thing that could come to me, which is a romance novel. Okay. It is not easy at all. Yeah, why did you think that was the easiest thing? I don't know. Just <laughs> I, <laughs> so I have this secret kind of uh, vice where my sister and I were really into Hallmark movies. So that's why I thought, I'm like, okay, well, I mean, these, these scripts are pretty are pretty loose and kind of, what do you call it, formulaic. So I'm like, okay, well, a book is just kind of expanding on that. Yeah, I'm sure I could do that. But then, like, once I started thinking about, like, some doing something original, that's where it kind of got tricky. Yeah. I'm like, wait, hold on. <laughs> this is not as easy as I thought. And uh, you have to write, I mean, because, like, or, or, or at least in my mind's eye, you have to write, like, compelling characters. Yeah. You, you, you can't just, I mean... I could write a Hallmark script, okay, fine, but that's not really what I'm going for. Like, I want to go for something a little bit more, like, that has depth in it, and then once I got the idea of, like, putting myself in that story, then it got even more complex, because I'm like, damn, like, how, how much of myself do I really want to put in there? Yeah. And, like, how much, how, like, how much do I want to expose, like, what, like, the journey that the character is going to go through is the journeys that I've gone through or that am going through currently, and it's like, okay, well, I don't know how to... Like how to write that in a story that com- that's compelling with another character in there. Does that make sense? Yeah, I kind of feel like in some ways all writing is like autobiographical. It's hard. It's hard yeah. to not inject yourself in some ways anyway into the story or into the main character. That's true. But I also feel like that's kind of what makes it easier to write a compelling story because if you're just like basically turning a character, making yourself into a character, you know yourself pretty well, right? And like everybody's got a lot of you know, nuance and interesting character traits to them. So if you truly write yourself into a character, I feel like that character, it's hard not to make them compelling because you'll include all your individual quirks in there. And if anybody's anything like you at all in some way, then they could relate to that character. So like the biggest thing that I'm, or the biggest hurdle that I'm coming upon is the fact that, so while I've like, I have an ex and I've had relationships, I don't, it's, it's been three years since my last relationship. So I I can't quite visualize and like how what that would look like currently, <laughs> <laughs> and not to mention that my last relationship was long distance for for the, for the majority of the time. Yeah, so it was it's it, it's kind of hard to like put uh, write that character. It's like okay, do I really want to write my ex into that? No, not really. And then like now that I know what my type is, it's like okay, well I don't I don't really know how to incorporate our characters and our personalities together in a compelling story. So mm-hmm. I'm kind of like, uh, because I don't, because I don't want to just write like some stereotypical yeah. woman in there without agency, without any sort of depth and whatever. Yeah. The men writing women stereotype. Yeah. Um, yeah. It always turns out <laughs> the same way. <laughs> yeah. Although like, interestingly, I've like, I've taken the approach of wanting to, uh, tell the romance story from the guy's perspective which from all the hallmark movies it's all the ladies perspective so i'm like okay well what what would the story look like if it were from a guy and my sister was always telling me that like you know she she reads a lot of nicholas sparks mm-hmm. so she tells me that um that he writes from the guy's perspective but that what he does is he romanticizes and kind of writes his male characters as kind of like the women's ideal yeah so he writes for the woman ear whereas i'm trying to do the opposite not so your your audience would be male ideally well okay so it would be women but i'd like to write it from a guy's like from a different perspective i don't know how to how to really show that or say that but um just i guess show a little bit more of the guy's internal dialogue whereas like your typical or i'm assuming your your typical nicholas sparks character is you know, 
buff and has daddy issues and whatever i'm like <laughs> i'm not buff i don't have daddy issues and you know i don't have i'm not in my late 30s with a child or yeah. you know some really complex background or anything like that so have you read a lot of romance novels no no i'm not really a reader i i, I used to be a reader but i'm not really <laughs> you're a writing a novel anymore. but you're not a reader <laughs> so i've gotten i i've had to get into it now yeah so because i feel like that's the first step of writing like well is reading a lot agreed so you like you you have a lot of knowledge of what things are written like and how what not to do like you might read a book you're like oh i didn't like this part so i'll make sure to avoid that in my writing i feel like you can't or it's, it's a lot harder i don't know if you can but i won't i won't say it that strongly but it's a lot harder to just come up with ideas from nothing rather than you know having a source of inspiration to use like all these other books that you could take a little bit from here and there to make your own thing I guess I just like making things difficult on myself. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, maybe. But but I just wanted to like just to, to throw my hand at it, just to see what I just what what I could do. Like, what could Josue do? At you know, gun to your head, yeah. you got to do something. Okay, you got to do it. That, no, that's pretty cool. Do you have the plot fleshed okay. out in your mind? Uh, like fully. So yes and no. Uh, I've kind of varied between three different plots, uh, or or or, or a variation and. It's kind of autobiographical in a sense. So, like, I'll kind of tell you a little bit of a blurb here. So, the character's name is Harvey, which is me. <laughs> and he, you know, he's recently come into some money because his business is going well. And he's traveled a lot. And he finds himself in Sag Harbor, uh, which is, you know, uh, in Long Island. Uh, and he's renting a beach house for actually for the last two weeks of the summer because work has gotten so bad that this is the only time he can actually get vacation because from now on it's just, you know, balls to the walls type effort. Okay. But he doesn't know how to vacation like that. So uh, because he's just been so focused on work and whatnot. So he's trying to learn how to vacation. And then that's where female character comes in. That's kind of the journey that I want Harvey to take, like how to relax, how to incorporate somebody else into his life versus just soloing it. Does that make sense? Okay. So what is this? This female character like the free spirit that like is the opposite of him in a way uh like she's relaxed the inverse i would say uh oh, okay yeah not necessarily the opposite uh because like i mean again i'm harvey in the sense so yeah. like I, I i mean i would want again this is the ideal girl for me so this, this is my book <laughs> <laughs> like she would be like and i know myself like you know how there are some girls who are just like I guess you would say free spirited, but like I'll just, just like a little. I mean, not dim, but what's the word I'm looking for here? It's just like <laughs> I don't know. Not it's kind of just like it's like a little uh, spacey. Like I don't know. Does that make sense? Okay, you're looking for spacey girls. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. That's and, 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 and like the reason I think like that, I guess, or or for this book is is because I know myself to be a little too rigid sometimes. So I need a little bit of wonder, like somebody to bring wonder and imagination into my life to where, okay. to where I don't really have that to where I like, like if I, like I, I, I tend to be more towards the structured, just do, just do what needs to be done get it done. But then I don't yeah. really enjoy, like I said, I don't really know how to enjoy. I don't know how to vacation. Like if you were to put me on a beach, I'd, I'd sit there and write, <laughs> you know, like yeah. I don't write, take pictures. I don't know how to do anything else. So I need, like, I, I feel like I need somebody to kind of just help me wander through life, through the things that I that, that don't involve work or that I can't monetize. Does that make sense? No, I get that. I fall into that trap a lot, too, of wanting all of my waking hours to be productive in some way. 
and I I do I am capable of also relaxing, like sitting down and playing some video games or whatever. But usually it's like I have a checklist of things that I want to get done in a day before I can then decide. Okay, now it's just relaxation time. How how do you think having Adrian in your life has helped you with that? I suppose it has helped in some ways because often you know she's she's like we need to go like do things like have have you know have fun <laughs> yeah like let's go like on a hike like we did on a few days ago i probably wouldn't have done that on my own like without her i probably would have been but i guess like hiking for the sake of like the exercise i probably would have yeah 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 that's exactly um, how i think <laughs> <laughs> um i do like hiking i just i feel like i don't make the time for it what i want to make the time for is like like right now like making a podcast or like you know writing something or like you know working on some sort of goal like i guess too goal oriented rather than just yeah enjoying it for you know the for, for, for yeah for its own sake yeah i don't i don't really know how to do that <laughs> and that even applies to like when i am relaxing like if i'm sitting like after like i've done my set of things that i want to do in a day and now i'm just playing video games my playing video games is very goal oriented the reason I enjoy the video games is because I feel like I'm making progress towards goals within the game. Within the game, yeah. <laughs> oh my god! So it's it's just all everywhere, really, for me. Yeah, yeah. No, see, I, I'm like I re like I I realize it within myself, but then I need to step out of that and to get new experiences and to do something. So I'm like, okay, I have to force myself to do that. So one of the things I've done is I've traveled a lot. So I've been traveling since 2019 for well, I guess well, yeah, since like summer of 2019. And I've only stopped as of three days ago. Um, yeah, so I, I was just in D.C. and I came back from Tennessee on Friday. So, what, three, four, five days ago, something like that? Yeah. But I told myself I needed a break. I'm like, okay, I'm going to take this summer and I'm just going to do what normal people do and just chill. Nice. <laughs> Welcome to the Regular People Podcast. I am Wade Allen. And today I'm joined by Josue Peralta. What's going on, Wade? We just were talking about traveling and writing a book and stuff, so we've got a little bit of a of a baseline, I guess. But for really any guests, when it's their first time on my podcast, what I like to do is ask them, ask you, so the audience can like know you a little bit. What have you been up to in your life for the past five years? You don't have to give an in-depth background, but just like, you know, what have your interests been? What have you been working on in life and you know things like that how have you changed over that time if at all what have you been doing yeah so uh for the last five years um i started a business in 2017 uh, i started a marketing slash web design firm oh yeah um and i was broke as hell for a couple of years uh well i grew that um so that was really frustrating and i didn't know if i would make it to be honest with you uh and then it wasn't until covid hit that kind of got a stroke of luck yeah <laughs> uh unfortunately but unfortunately for me i guess uh where i struck gold uh so that was pretty nice i now kind of specialize in service the architecture industry oh, uh which is really cool yeah cool. it's something un un unexpected and fruitful which is really nice uh but when i kind of got that money i'm not really one to spend a lot or to you know i'm not a spendthrift but i decided or i kind of told myself i will never have this kind of money again I'm going to travel and put it into experiences. Yeah. So um, I just kind of left and I traveled every single month with with like maybe one or two exceptions. And I visited almost the entire United States for the exception of, I'm only missing three states now. Which ones? For the exception of uh, Hawaii, Idaho, and Wyoming. 
That's got cool. Alaska though. I got Alaska. I was just in Alaska in March. Okay, of cool. this year actually. Yeah. So is this then? I'm guessing traveling while doing business still. Yeah. yeah. So I I kind of realized that I could do both, and I realized that like when I was home, I was pretty bored because there was nothing like stimulating here for me. So I just kind of left and kept going and didn't really stop. <laughs> so what does your travel look like? Like when you go to a different city or state, like are you trying to like see as much of that area as possible? Like are you going out? Like what what are you actually doing out there? Are you doing a lot of like business meetings or anything like that? Or are you just like taking photos? Like are you saying in nice hotels? Like what do you what do you exactly so, doing? So I like to marry business and pleasure yeah. as much as I can. I don't know why. It's just a thing I do. When I travel, I usually like to muster up business. So the majority, actually, well, that's not true. The, my biggest clientele isn't even in Wisconsin. I have clients in Washington. I have clients in Texas, in Tennessee. Those are my like biggest ones, I would say. But when I do travel, I, I like to travel kind of slow, like slow but fast at the same time. So slow in the sense that, like, I like I would go out west. Like, let's say I wanted to go to California. That's a three weeker. So I don't come back for like a month or something like that. So whenever I'm out there, I usually just stay at an Airbnb. I work in the mornings and then I work in the afternoon slash night or I flip that around however I kind of want to. So one thing I picked up was I really wanted to take pictures of uh, capitals. So I've been taking pictures of capitals across the country, which is fun. Seeing which ones are the are the most awe draw like awe inspiring and most beautiful and which ones are kind of depressing. Uh, West Virginia, I'm talking to you. <laughs> and then surprisingly, Iowa is the most ornate. Like you would not guess Iowa, hmm. but its entire dome, it's plated in real gold. Can you believe that? The entire dome, the exterior. The exterior of it? Yes. How often do they have to like they, clean that to keep it shiny? I don't know, but when we were there, it was getting cleaned, and they said that it cost them like an arm and a leg to do so every time. Wow. Yeah, that's what the tour guy said, so that was pretty interesting. But yeah, so I say in like Airbnbs, I, I sometimes run out like the, the whole house if I really, really wanted some space to sprawl out or whatever, uh, or just kind of a room if I really, like in California, for example, where it's like super duper expensive. So... Uh, and then because I'm driving most of the time, I, I, I don't always drive. I sometimes fly, like Alaska or uh, where else have I flown? Florida and kind of the south part. Mm-hmm. Uh, but because I mostly drive, it's really economical that way. So You must have a nice car then if you're going to yeah hundreds of thousands of miles. Can you guess how many, mi- how many miles my car has? I say 450,000. We're at 325. Oh, okay. Yeah. And, and I bought it with 40,000 in 2000 and... 16. So I've had it for not, I don't know, whatever that is, seven years. Put on nearly 300,000 miles onto it. By myself. (laughs) That is like me, the opposite of me. I bought my car that I no longer have as of recently, but I bought it in 2000, I think it might have been 16 also. Maybe it was 2015. What did you get? (laughs) PT Cruiser. Um, (laughs) and And I had it up until just a few months ago. So I also had it for like seven years or whatever. And I put on 10,000 miles. That's a month for me. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, it might have been like 12, something like that. But I drove it so little. I like literally just to work and back. Are you like, just not a traveler? or? I, well, when we travel, we always like fly because... That's true. Yeah. We've been... We, I, like, and also, I didn't trust my car to get to last on oh, any sort yeah. of road trip. So like when we would drive places, we would take Adrian's car. Yeah. That'll so. work. It, it, it's been a lot of fun. 
like once I was kind of halfway through, I figured I'm like, I might as well just go through all 50. And then I kind of made that goal and I wanted to finish it by all 50. Um, and I, in September, uh, I'm sorry, December, I sat down and I planned out the entire year and I was supposed to leave June 1st of tomorrow mm-hmm. to out West for like a six, six weeker. And I was supposed to finish the Wyoming and Idaho portions. And then I have some friends in California I wanted to see. And I and though I have gone to Washington, I haven't really spent time there. It's like I wanted to spend a week in Washington and a week in Oregon, which is kind of the, the nice part about that slow travel. Although it's fast, like on a daily basis, like I see a lot of things per right, day. Right. But I just see a ton. That's cool. While That's I'm probably there, the way to do sense. it. Yeah. To spend long periods of time. Yeah. So the reason that is, is I kind of took to heart the, the, uh, what do you call it? The saying that, you know, if you want to go fast, go together, but if you want to go, but, but if you go slow or, or alone, go fast or something like that, it's, it, it, it escapes me right now, sure. but <laughs> that's a terrib- sounded terrible, <laughs> but yeah, you know what I'm trying to say. So, so, I mean, since I've been traveling alone, I just kind of went as fast as I could yeah. for as long as I could. And then I recently just gassed out. That so. is, oh yeah, no, that's all right. <laughs> you just spent like an actual summer of relaxation for the first time okay so here's what relaxation means to me which apparently does not mean relaxation to my family okay okay so i like okay i'm not going anywhere i'm staying within state borders okay whatever i want to like write continue writing my book that's pretty chill i want to learn to sail better so i'm taking sailing classes that's cool. in july my sister's like that's not that's not really you know relaxing i'm like yes it is come on what are you talking about no, i think that yeah that's that's relaxing yeah i think that counts and then I I start my master's, as you know. Yeah. What else do I want to do? Oh, I want to start really seeing a lot of content. So here's so that's the thing that a lot of people don't really realize, is that like if you were to go on my Instagram right now, I have maybe a hundred posts, but if you were to look at my Lightroom, I have thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of pictures that I haven't edited because when I travel, like or, or I travel so fast per day. And for so long that I just had that, that my backlog is just insane yeah. of pictures and it takes time to edit. But if I'm traveling, I can't really edit while I travel. And then if I keep traveling, would you trust an keeps... editor to do it for you? Like, would you want to do that? Like have a photo? Yeah. Editor? Okay. Yeah, sure. Um, I just haven't gotten around right. to yeah. putting in the work of finding one, making sure yeah. they're good, paying them, getting it to them, making sure you know, it, it's just, yeah. it's just a, the a headache of... that I don't want to. Put no, in. I get that. And by the time I do that, I'm like, okay, well, I'm just, I'll just do it myself <laughs> if I'm putting in the work. I don't know. I'm probably going to save you a lot of time if if you really want to get them all edited. That's I'll true. Probably save you a lot of time to not yeah, that's true. do it. But. And then and the thing is, it's not even just pictures. Like I I decided to document via video. Oh yeah. So I have like I have what a full four terabyte thing full, and then I have like another one. I have like another two terabytes of footage that barely anyone has seen, yeah. and that it sits there unedited because. I haven't had the time or or haven't put in the time, I should say, to have anybody edit it or even look at it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll, you know, although I know it's pretty good, but I mean, it's not as interesting as like, you know, these vloggers or what have you, but it's my life. So I'm a fan. Are you, do you like, is it you in it or is it just like your surroundings, like nature and like- No, I narrate. Shots? You narrate. Okay. Yeah. Cool. No, yeah. I, I like to talk a lot. So, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, it, it, it kind of became my, uh, what do you call it? My, uh companion oh, yeah. like 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 while i traveled okay. because it it is fairly lonely so it's like video journals that. kind of yeah absolutely yeah. yeah uh it is incredibly lonely like could you imagine like being in the grand canyon all by yourself 
Yeah, I actually, like, I have not done any solo traveling in so long now. It's kind of, I've, I've been wanting to do it again because there's something great about traveling with other people. There's also something differently great about traveling by yourself, like you were kind of talking about a few minutes ago. It's like being able to go at your own pace and, you know, spend as much t- or as little time as you want doing whatever rather than having to sync up with somebody else's schedule. It's just so freeing. So, like, I'm a people guy, and when I first left in 2020 for, like, an elongated trip, it was supposed to be six weeks, I didn't want to go alone. And I was like, oh, man, I don't know what to do. Like, like how am I supposed to kind of – like, I didn't really want to experience the amazing West that everybody talked about that I'd never been to and be alone to, like, see all these stuff. And, and then – so what I did, I kid you not, I paid somebody a salary – and the expenses to come and travel with me. Wow. Kid you not. What a great job for them. Hell yeah. Uh, but he, and, and it was a friend of mine, and he's a good guy, but it turns out that he's not a good traveling companion. <laughs> that was his one job. <laughs> that was, that's literally it. <laughs> and I think I, I, I told him to organize the footage too, just like as an actual like weight off my shoulders. Yeah. And uh, he didn't really do that well either, which is disappointing. So we were, like I'll give you an example, like, like we were in the... Uh, what do you call it? Uh, Mount Rushmore. I was like, this is pretty nice. Like, what do you think? Oh, it's all right. Silence. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, okay, this is not it. <laughs> and then we went to uh, Crazy Horse there too. Oh, yeah. And the Crazy Horse. Nothing, bro. And I'm like, nah, this cannot be happening. And then, like, we were about to head over to, to Yellowstone and spend some time in Wyoming and right on the border. And I'm like, okay, I can't keep doing this. Because even on the rides to there, he would be like listening to his audiobooks, which are like, fantasy whatever that i'm not really interested in uh so i was like okay i'm kind of alone but not alone yeah and it's like it's not really working so he was uh not providing any companionship but robbing me of the solitude so <laughs> <laughs> what's up wow so yeah, i actually decided wrong. to like i finished paying him whatever i was going to pay him and then i just drove him home so i actually turned around and then i just i i just took him home and then I left again by myself. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah, uh, I love traveling. And I mean, it's been, uh, what do you call it? A, um, a particularly re- uh, revealing experience in the sense that like you really get to see what you're made of and self-reliance. Oh, yeah. And uh, I guess you get to meet new people, but like mostly kind of tap into really deep, like what are you really made of? Because you're out here for six weeks by yourself, big bro. Like it's not, it's not particularly, you know, ideal. And, and, and not to mention, I'm not one to resort to social media for validation like that. Mm-hmm. I find it tacky and weird, to be honest. <laughs> uh, so like when I went on that huge trip, I didn't post on social media not once, and because I wanted to like really experience it, what it was like. And I came back completely different. I feel I was just. I, I I would say more in tune with God and more in tune with like who I am and who I really wanted to be. Does mm-hmm. that make sense? I don't know if that's weird to say, but no, no, I get that coming back from a long solo trip and feeling like a different person afterwards. It's definitely happened to me. Like right after high school, I went to New Zealand by myself and it was only like a month or two, but yeah, it was just like traveling the whole island, nobody else and wasn't even old enough to be able to rent a car either so that made it's it hard word. <laughs> how did you do it uh well took a train that was actually way too expensive for a lot of it took yeah some it was buses they were a little bit a little bit better but 
few ferries. I don't know, just like public transportation, really. Um, actually, New Zealand is a pretty great country for traveling because there's like these basically traveler kiosks that like have a distinctive like they all have the same like logo so you can find the building like oh that's that's the one you go you go to in this city and like basically anything you want to do like you need to find a bus you need to like whatever any yeah. sort of thing that you would like to do you need to find some accommodation you need to, maybe some activities that would be cool you just go there and ask them what what do i do and then they just like give you a, a what, few options what year was this we graduated in 2013 from high school so it was 2013 yeah whoa yeah, I could not imagine myself back then doing something like that. Yeah, I just had like this big backpack that honestly, like, I didn't know anything about traveling going into that trip. So I just like got what I thought would be good. And the backpack that I got was way too big than what I should have gotten. Now I've learned to pack smaller yeah. rather, rather than like really just like bring less than you 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 need. Right. And it'll make it easier on you if you're like hiking long distances with a backpack on. And I was just like wandering places and like staying in like hostels and stuff and all that solitude and it gives you a lot of time to think and like sort out your life and your thoughts and who you are would you do it again oh yeah no i've been wanting to i've actually been wanting to like kind of repeat that trip i've been wanting to go back to new zealand because there's still so much i haven't seen in that country and it's a beautiful country and do a solo trip there again i just haven't the past four years i don't know i've been in school and every time i've been traveling somewhere it's been with adrian which is great so it's kind of i feel like almost mean like this time i'm just gonna go by myself that's true yeah yeah so so like it's i mean that's another thing like traveling alone is much cheaper yes <laughs> than traveling with somebody else so, well actually in some ways it's not it, it it actually depends on how you do it accommodation if you're getting an airbnb you just split that with however many people you're with that makes it cheaper if you're depending on the type of transportation too like if you're renting a car cheaper if you're doing it with other people you all split the cost if it's like bus or train then it's whatever the same because you're just paying per seat but there are ways you can make it cheaper, and it depends on you know what country you're going to too as well. If you know it's a drivable country or not. So like you've traveled a lot abroad, right? Oh, so, yeah. so so you mentioned New Zealand. You mentioned I think you said uh, Greenland or Iceland at one point. I went to Iceland. Yeah, Iceland. that was also a solo trip, and that was that was an interesting and difficult one in a different way because it was that I went there in winter, so I could see. Well, the... you're supposed to go there in winter. Why, why would you go to Iceland in the summer? Well, actually, the <laughs> biggest tourist time for Iceland is August. As it is in Alaska, but my point is, if you're going to go up north, you got to go when it's cold to see the northern lights. <laughs> yeah, you can see the northern Hello? lights. That, that, that is why I went. But yeah. if you want to like be able to go on lots of cool like hikes and see waterfalls, there's tons of awesome waterfalls and like volcanoes oh, wow. in Iceland. You would want to go in the summer because I saw some waterfalls, but they were frozen. So it's like they still look cool, but like it's not the same. It's not the same. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there's just so many amazing like nature place like like naturalistic settings to see in iceland that some of them are really cool in the winter but i think most of them are better in the summer so mm. if, if your primary goal is northern lights like mine was then yeah february is the time to go yeah so in in alaska early march end of february yeah. is the time to go yeah and that was oh god that's another stupid story for another time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that one like i i went with a tent because i was planning on not even doing hostels or airbnbs and so I just brought my tent and found like a really tiny campsite in Reykjavik or like close by the first night. And there was like a snowstorm and it ripped through, that ripped holes in my tent and filled my tent up with snow. Like, Wade. In my, in my sleep. Wade. So I, then I was like, well, I don't want to buy a new tent. I'm just going to get rid of this trash tent. And I guess I'm going to. Hostel it up. I, but I didn't hostel because I didn't have any money for that trip. 
like I basically spent most of the money on the plane there. Yeah. And then like two years later, all of a sudden, Iceland plane tickets are like one third now forever of what what I paid. Like in like two thousand fifteen wow. or fourteen or whatever it was, it cost like one thousand like four hundred to get to Iceland. Yeah. Nowadays I see Iceland flights all the time for like five hundred, four hundred. It's like Chump change. I know. <laughs> but anyway, so I, I, I did um couchsurfing.org. So it's Dude, like, it's, I've know, been, I, ha- I am on couchsurfing. Free Airbnbs, yes, basically. I, except you live with the person. Yeah. So I, I did that once in Texas, actually. I had a good experience. I'm still friends with the guy oh, nice. from there. Yeah. <laughs> that was really weird. Uh, but I had a really good time there, but I never tried it again. Or, I mean, I've, I, I've never dared to try it again because, like, so, like, there's just some comforts that I want now. Yeah. Like, when I travel. Like I want like my own space. I don't want sure. anybody to like like I just don't want to look at anybody sometimes when I'm working. Yeah. Cause like when I work, like I get into these like like these modes or in the zone where I'm just like working for twelve hours straight and then it's just like, what are you doing? It's like I'm I'm working, leave me alone <laughs> type thing. So if it's yeah. not like on the kitchen table, it's like nah. <laughs> I can't really work with somebody there. Yeah. So I was I just was curious about that. Like what so it's like graphic design. Yeah, so it's a mixture of things. So the my my biggest thing is web design. Web design, I should yeah, say. yeah, yeah. It's web design, and then uh, my my clients have needed graphic design, so I I'm not terrible at that either. Yeah. So I started providing that, and then at one point I was hiring photographers to do stuff, and I was like, mm, I think I can do that. Yeah. So then I invested in cameras, and then I started taking photos, and then that kind of morphed into also uh, wedding photography and quinceañeras and stuff like that. So uh, it's like web design, like event photography. Yep. And and then and then after that, some clients needed video. So now I also do like video services, like professional, really good ones. Wow. So I kind of do a whole lot of things, and then I also do like consulting on the side for other companies. Like what so, kind of consulting? Like, like what what are you consulting what should, about? What should we do with our social media? Oh. Granted, I hate. Like I, I hate managing social media. Don't tell my clients that. Like I know how to do it, but I just I just don't like it. Okay. So I tell them what to do and yeah. how to do it. Right. But I just don't actually do it for them. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. 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 So and then all those things, and then also I presume are you doing like when you're traveling anyway, like networking, like trying to you know gather up more clients. Yes. Mm-hmm. Always. So how do you do that though? Like uh, like, church actually. Okay. Yeah. So church, I just kind of tell people what I do and kind of do it that way. Or if I meet random people, like, for example, like I met a, a photographer friend of mine who uh, he lives in Washington. I met him in, Yos- I'm sorry, not, not Yosemite. I met him in, uh, what's Yellowstone? it called? Yeah, no, it's the Yellowstone. other one, uh, Zion. Zion. I met yeah. him in Zion. Just a random dude walking with his wife, <laughs> just taking <laughs> pictures. I'm like, oh, hi. Wow. So, so, so I, so I kind of just kind of like to do it like that. I don't I don't like to be too salesy about it. Okay. I, I, I kind of just like to like engage what people are doing talk in conversation and then like if i know something that they could do better i just kind of tell them hey you can do this better yeah or like here's or or how do you do it blah 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 and then if they don't know how to do it better it's like hey if you need any help finding somebody to help do it for you let me know and then if i can't help somebody find doing it, it's like well i actually do it too so yeah. <laughs> and then it kind of just kind of goes like that that's been kind of uh unrealistic because i don't know how well it actually work um dream of mine to do something similar but with like a podcast i'd like to just go to like some national park yeah like a lot of them just like kind of go on a solo traveling trip just like hiking you know zion and all these other places or like in new zealand there's a lot lot of places that are cool like the root burn track is one that i've been planning on doing 
just like a seven day hike really and just doing these hikes with bringing a little bit of audio equipment and then if i meet people along the, the way and talk to them ask them if they want to just have a conversation and then do strangers out in nature recorded podcast episodes like okay on a, on a trail in. i think that would be a cool idea but then like how many people would even say yes and like i don't know would it even turn out well? Like, would the audio quality suck because it was outside? I don't know. Would people care? It's strangers in nature. What do you expect? <laughs> <laughs> it's not supposed to sound like this. That's true. That's true. There'd be, like, birds chirping and, like, wind and stuff. Well, but... and, and you would want that because you're in nature. Right. Because otherwise it, would, it, would... it sounds wrong. That's true. That's true. It would be part of the thing. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. But, like, well, one of the things I learned, uh, like, like uh, I should say, while, while I was traveling alone is that a lot of times I was, or, or I felt a lot of peer pressure to kind of just do the best, be the best at everything I did and whatnot. And then I just kind of realized that like, at one point, everybody's just winging it, bro. Mm. Like, I'm like, so, so, so like, here's the thing, like, it sounds really weird, but I had to start school late or by school, I mean college late because I didn't have any money. So we all graduated in 13, but I didn't start school till 17. So when everybody was graduating, that's when I started. But the thing is, the school I found, you can uh, you, you can test out of classes. So, like, if you know the knowledge, you can kind of just test out of it. And in those four years, I kind of gained a lot of knowledge on whatever. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, so when I did my uh, my BS in marketing management, I'm like, a lot of the classes are super easy. So, like, I started in December, and by summer, I was done. So, like, I just tested a lot of classes that I didn't even study for. I was just like, okay, cool. And then I just kind of got, you know, like, 80, 90s, and I was like, I don't really care about anything else. So I so I finished in less than a year, and that's kind of impressive to me. I don't know, yeah. but like that's I, a cool I, system of that. Yeah, so has. yeah, so so I, so I finished like really fast, and then I started a business which sucked for two years. I made no money, and then it kind of boomed, and I'm like, oh, that's kind of cool. And then it's like this path is not it's not traditional. It's not a lot, of, but like now that like if I were to say, well, I have my own business. Nowadays, that's like, oh, wow, you're super cool. You got that. But <laughs> like back then, if you're an entrepreneur, you were just broke, bro. Yeah. <laughs> it is what it is. Yeah. I mean, it's like everybody just kind of takes their own path and is winging it out there. And I know I definitely am. And oh, I got to oh, like this cannot go without mentioning. It is it goes to show the importance of, again, getting rid of bad company. And I don't want to say bad company to kind of bad mouth, but in the sense of like, Ever since I left my ex-girlfriend, <laughs> I swear to you, man, my life just kind of skyrocketed forward. Wow. That's 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 kind of sad and yeah, kind of ha- I mean, good, good for you, good. but also a little yeah, bit but depressing. also but also a little <laughs> bit depressing. Kind of how that works. Yeah, it it kind of just skyrocketed and it's still kind of in its upward trajectory. And I'd say that humbly because I don't want to, you know, pride comes before the fall. I don't want to. <laughs> yeah, I I I don't I don't want to fall any further. <laughs> But uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, as you know, I, I kind of come from a religious background. Did you know that, by the way, about me and Bethesda? Was that um, was that apparent? I don't know. No, I don't think so. I mean, I also came from a religious background too, so I don't think. Did it was you really? Yeah, yeah. What? Yeah, like my my dad, my mom, my older brother, they're all very religious. And then you know, uh, what persuasion? Two, two, two of my brothers decided not to be, along with myself. But um, so definitely some. I don't think we'd even call it like Protestant, like non-denominational Christian, but not Catholic. So I guess if you're just doing a broad divide between Catholic and Protestant, be Protestant. But yeah, we went to a few churches. The one that we went to most was River Glen in yeah, yeah, Waukesha. Yeah. And then it's a huge church. 
yeah, I guess it was pretty. Okay, so River Glen, when I was a kid, going to church, like, I don't know, maybe like nine and earlier. Sure. The church was actually in Waukesha West High School. Like, we would meet up in, I think it was like Mrs. Ortega's math class. Wow. And that's where we would have our church, and it would be like 30 people or something. And then, like, wow. the congregation, like, grew, and we raised money to build the church, River Glen. And that was actually a pretty big church. It was, like, a big amphitheater and stuff in there. Yeah. Um, and then I would go there after that. And we would sometimes go to um, the other huge one, which I actually found out, like, a month ago is, like, in the top 100 mega churches in the, in the country is Elmbrook. Your top 100? It's in the top 100 mega churches. In Wisconsin? No, in in the country. That no, but that's my point. Like, what's he doing oh, here yeah. in Wisconsin? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. And yeah, it's it's the top like one or maybe two or something in Wisconsin. Wow. The biggest. It's like I think to qualify as a mega church is something like more than like four thousand members weekly attendees attendees or something like that. Yeah. And Elmbrook has like six thousand weekly or something like that. And they also like once you start having campuses. Then you, oh yeah, yeah now Elmbrook has several locations too. Yeah, it's like it's <laughs> Elmbrook, you know, Southside Elmbrook. Yeah, so I didn't realize that, but I went there plenty of times too, and that, like it was massive, and they had these huge amphitheaters, and it was always a cool place to like explore because it's just so many different rooms and layers, and like it felt like it was there's like secrets to find like in this building. Yeah, and I just never like pieced it together. This is a massive place, like unusually massive. Un- yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no. So I'm of the Seventh Day Adventist Seventh Day Adventist persuasion, oh, okay. yeah. uh, which is Protestant. Our churches are fairly small, I guess. I, I guess you would say, like, like I've, I mean, there are some mega ones, but you see those mainly in uh, universities. Oh, okay. You wouldn't see them like just in the middle of Waukesha, Brookfield, Wisconsin, or anything like that. Actually, not now that you mentioned, I'm kind of curious. Like, when did you decide to kind of make that shift from like? Maybe like like I'm going to church for just because my parents are here, and then I'm like, nah, I'm not religious at all. I'm kind of curious. Yeah, that like it wasn't any hard switch, I guess. Okay. It was like a slow dissolution over time. But looking back, I think it's true to say that I never like was strongly like into the the faith, I guess. Sure. Of it, mm-hmm. I would attend as a kid because my parents brought me. And then in middle school, that's the word I was looking for, middle school and high school, then I like, it's kind of like still my choice to attend. I didn't like attending uh, Sunday school. Like, okay. I felt that was boring. So I, I kind of stopped going there, but I would still go to like youth group yeah, Wednesday yeah. nights every week, going to some pastor's house and like talking about the Bible, reading the Bible and like yeah. that. Because that, there's some people there that I liked hanging out with. Sure. Like, and then also Ellenbrook had a youth group that was like a boys club or something for like middle schoolers on like Wednesday nights before at somebody's house, youth groups that I would go to as a high schooler. Um, and those like, wait, even in high school, how did I not know this? No, yeah, I, w- I was going to, um, because there's through Elmbrook church at, you know, some guy's oh. house in, even in high school. Um, definitely the first two years, like freshman, sophomore year, junior oh, okay. year. I still went in junior year actually. Yeah. And there I was, I don't know. It's like, we would talk sometimes about like philosophical subjects, which I thought was cool. And there'd be some people that I would like to hang out with. And it was cool to talk about the ideas, but I don't know at that point if I ever, I, I like still even believed it. And the definitely senior year was a transition of sorts. Okay. Cause I think I stopped going completely in senior year. Mm. And I guess I was playing around with a lot of like ideas at the time. I was into solipsism. Um, I don't know what that is. 
I didn't like truly believe it, but I thought it was an interesting concept. But and I would try to get other people to believe it for fun. But it's um, where <laughs> you're the only thing that exists, like your okay. your consciousness, and everything else is a fabrication that you made. Okay, that's, yeah, that's solipsism, basically. Oh, so I I would like go around talking to people like I might not even be real. Like I might just be you know in your head, and, and they everyone laugh else, at you, right? Yeah, they laugh. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but I thought it was like interesting. So. I don't know. I think maybe probably around senior year of high school would be the strongest point that you could mark as like a so crossroads. You know, it's interesting. I think uh, Rico's AP English class. Oh yeah, touched a lot on different religions and different points of views. The, yeah, so, I remember reading the Tao of Pooh in that book. Yeah, that class, and that yeah, was that still was, one of my favorite books. And uh, what was the other one? Um, not the Invisible Man, but um, it's it, it's the French guy who. Oh, Albert Camus. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. What's 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 that book's name? Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. The Stranger. The Stranger. The Stranger. The Stranger yes. Yeah. Those two were kind of, kind of, kind of uh, jolted me a little bit because yeah. they they introduced new ideas that I hadn't really encapsulated like or that's kind of cool. thought about it. Like yeah, that, like 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 in that way. Do you like did that ever play a role in your kind of journey? You know, and now that you say it, it probably did. Okay. Like I didn't. I mean, I did really. I liked him as a teacher and I liked that class even though I didn't meet, read most of the books like I remember not reading Heart you. of Darkness and not reading the the second book we read I don't remember what it was um, oh Things Fall Apart by Chinoa Achebe or whatever oh yeah I never read that one either but then when we got to like halfway around the, the year when he introduced Dao Pu that was like a thin book like 100 pages or something and I remember reading that in one day like one night he, like, he was like oh you just read the first chapter and I read the whole book and I was like this is a fantastic book yes so then I was like I don't know more engaged and thinking about different subjects and different ideas that I probably hadn't so much before. You you, you know what other book, to just start going back to AP, actually 11 this time around, Yeah, uh, kind of messed with me, 1984. That, See, that, that, I actually didn't read that one either. How, oh my, <laughs> do you know what it's about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you read it now? No, I still haven't. Okay, but like you still know the but, gist? Yeah, yeah, because like we still dis- discussed it in class. That's and stuff, true. So I like, I was there for that. I just didn't read the book. <laughs> Dude, that terrified me. Yeah. That ter because I'm like, holy crap, like a lot like uh uh who's the author? I'm sorry. Uh George Orwell. Orwell. Like he like he's making these points like 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 a little too like a little too convincing. I'm like, no, no, wait, t- t- pause. And I was <laughs> I was shocked. So I like I actually told my mom, I'm like, I'm actually kinda of like I am not sure about this book. I, this is the first time I've ever done it and the only time oh, I, I ever did. And then I think she told um, because she didn't, she didn't speak English well at the time. Yeah, she told like uh the Spanish translator like in the building or something like that for ES or like people who didn't really know English that well, and then she communicated it to administration, who then communicated it to Gittins. Wow, and then Gittins she was the teacher. Yeah, so then and then she uh she had me read The Great Gatsby. Instead. Instead. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I so I remember. Um, didn't we read The Great Gatsby the year before though? Okay, so that's interesting because I only got to West uh, junior year and senior year. I wasn't there for sophomore year. Oh, really? Why? Um, I was at South. So, oh, okay. Yeah, Did so, you live closer to South or something? I, I live across the street from South. Oh, <laughs> okay. That makes sense. <laughs> but so, 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 so my schooling history was, so I went to Bethesda and then I went to private school, Christian school, and then um, my brother aged out of it. So then my parents didn't didn't want to put us in, in public school because reasons yeah <laughs> um so then uh we we did what 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 was called at the time iq academy which is the online version of I've the walker school system yeah. 
Now they call it E-Achieve, which is a travesty. IQ Academy is way better branding, but that's neither here nor there. Just the the, the branding is the travesty? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. And then, uh, so, I, so, so I did that for seven and eight. Or no, 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 no. That's not true. I said uh, for freshman year and then sophomore year, but I didn't, I hated it. And I was kind of just flunking out of it. And it's like, mom, I can't do this anymore. Yeah. So then I was like, so then she put me at South because I wanted to go to the, uh, like the health program that they have there. Cause I wanted to be a doctor. So it's so like, they have a, like, like a special track. If you want to go into the health field, take like college classes as a, as a high schooler kind of thing. Exactly. And yeah. then they also have like an engineering track too. Uh, but I wanted to do the health one, but I apparently I got there too late, mm. so I couldn't even do that. And I was like, and 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 just to be honest with you, I didn't really fit there culturally. I I don't know why. Um, you, you, even though I live there, you know, I guess all the kids are from my area. Yeah. I, I I I didn't fit. So then I went to West my junior year, and then that's where I reunited with a lot of my. I guess Bethesda. elementary yeah. <laughs> school kids. I'm like, oh wait, I know you. I know. Oh my, it's all back. Were there not a lot of Bethesda back. kids at South? I guess it's kind of no, far away. absolutely not. No, yeah. yeah, no. I would have went to South. I went to Whittier, which is the elementary yeah, school. That's yeah, super like, close. Literally down the hill from South. It's literally like less than a two minute walk. Same block, just yeah. down the hill. Yeah, I lived close to Whittier, so I would have went to South, but then my family moved, and then so oh. I went to Bethesda starting in fourth grade. So the first half of my elementary school, I was at Whittier. Oh. Dude, I knew that. So you in, knew that? <laughs> so, so I was thinking about it, and, 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 and I was going to talk to you about it, because I remember you didn't show up to Bethesda until the last year or the last two years. And I was like, I don't know, like 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 you were new there, right? Yeah. Did you go the That's whole time? Right. I, I started in third grade, so oh, okay. 02, yeah. 03. I'm oh, sorry, 03, 04. Yeah. Yeah. And then I was like, I don't remember you there uh, in, in third or fourth. I was there for fourth. But I was in Mr. Grismer's class. You were Grismer's so class. So I might have okay. been a different okay, class yeah. than you. So that's why maybe. No, no, I was Grismer too. What? Oh, then yeah, it was that, yeah. It was that do, year. Do you remember like uh, CJ was there, Christoph? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, CJ, who else? Hastings was in her class. I remember that, yeah. Um, all that stuff. And, and then, uh, oh, by the way, do you know get, uh, Nichols passed away? Uh, she was our, our uh, fourth grade science teacher. She did? She passed oh, away a couple wow. of years ago from cancer. I did not know yeah, that. Yeah, it was really that. sad. And then, I don't know why, but my memory is just kind of really good with school stuff for, for, for <laughs> like the people anyway. So uh, our fourth grade um, math teacher, Cook, uh, Mrs. Cook, Sue Cook. Yeah, I wouldn't have remembered these names, but now that you say them, I'm like, oh yeah, Mrs. Cook. Yeah, Mrs. yeah Cook, she's okay. she's in Colorado now. Uh, her husband passed away, which is sad. Uh, okay. She she used to be an avid runner, but she doesn't run anymore. She, she definitely looked like a runner. Like she was oh, yeah, like, she thin was. and tall, like. She's got that classic runner's shape. Yeah, and then you had Mrs. Voigt. Remember Voigt? I remember Voigt, yep. She was social studies. That yep. was fun. Um, but, okay. So I, I just had to throw <laughs> that in there. Like, like, like I just remembered you kind of threw in there. Wait, so but, you, went to, you went to Bethesda for elementary school, at least starting in third grade. Yeah. And then you went to a private school or only your brother? Uh, the three of us went to a private school. So, so there's my older brother, Chris, like myself, and then Ismirna, my uh, my. Uh, why though? Was that and private school only a middle school? Or so what? my brother aged out of Bethesda. Yeah. And then instead of driving my brother somewhere and then us having to go to Bethesda, we just kind of decided all to go there. Oh, okay. That's kind of how that goes. So I guess wherever my brother aged out of, then we went and <laughs> yeah. just kind of just followed him around. Okay. Uh, until I aged out and my sister just kind of stayed in at South. So, so I'm sorry, at West. So she went to West all four years because of me. So. Oh, I see. I see. <laughs> yeah. uh, although she kind of regrets it now, I think, or something like that. That's interesting. Like. Maybe they knew because in um, sophomore year AP English, 
taught by Mr. Jonas. We yeah. read The Great Gatsby. You weren't there for that. I wasn't there for that. So then you read The Great Gatsby instead of reading 1984. Yes. Okay. Oh, I did end up circling back to 1984, and I finished, I think, halfway through. Although I did read a lot of that, like uh, a- Animal Farm, I think we read. Oh, was, yeah. it, was that 11 or 12? I can't remember. Uh, I don't know. But, but I was 11. better suited for that Animal Farm, yeah. <laughs> after that. <laughs> yeah. That's actually really cool, though, that that like happened to you it just speaks to like the power of books for like introducing new ideas that can be frightening at times or like off-putting or like definitely like changing your life path here i gotta ask in your god exists god doesn't exist depending in whatever form you want to put in there sure are are, are you in the camp of he does like there's no such thing as god and, like you're delusional or are you uh Wait, i'm like, willing to be convinced with enough evidence or somewhere in between well i definitely go with the evidence of wherever okay so i don't believe in god okay. and if i like you had to i've had if i had to bet i would bet that there isn't one okay but i'm not like yeah on, on the spectrum i would be not zero percent like i'm not gonna say there is no chance that god exists okay i think there's a chance okay i just don't think it's a high chance why not okay uh just just give me like a just like a just just like an overview because uh, because we can get into apologetics but that would take all day right yeah, yeah, yeah. so let's kind of just kind of fly by that <laughs> well okay so i guess if it's a specific form of god like christian god sure i feel like let's start are, there i feel like there are contradictions within that that concept okay that make it not troublesome for you not sensical that a thing would exist like that okay if it's a general abstract form of god mm-hmm. kind of like pantheism thing or just you want to say a general creator force that could that could exist like, like i just see that i just don't have any evidence of that's existence so okay. like what would convince you i'm curious like like what what would have to happen or what would you have to see or so i guess it would be not that i like i'm not only an empiricist i'm also like a rationalist because i think there are some things like this question that it would be hard to find physical evidence that conclusively makes it the obvious conclusion or proves the contrary yeah so i would probably need a argument that doesn't have any possible defeater i guess like an argument for the existence of god that is sound like you know the premises are true and the premises follow one to the next so it'd probably be like philosophy that would that would do it because honestly the way i see it is even if it's kind of sad i guess but it would would probably make me believe but then like rationally speaking if i still had if i was still capable of thinking rationally in this scenario that i'm about to describe i still think there's room for doubt like for instance if god himself tells me that he exists how like how am i to know that that's just not my own brain doing this you know okay like if the stars rearrange themselves in the sky and they say, Wade, you are an idiot. There is, I exist, I am God, acknowledge me. And then everyone else sees it too. That is probably, would probably make me believe, but then it's, at some level it's like, even that could be not true. Like it, that could be, we could be living in a simulation and which under, in that case, they're like, technically there's a God, like there's a creator in like one level it, above yeah. the reality. But like, it's not like that person is all powerful. They still are beholden to the laws of physics in their reality, you know? Okay. Like if there's just a person in a lab coat who makes a simulation, are they God? Maybe like to the simulation they are. So like 
if some sort of reality distorting thing happens, the whole world acknowledges that it's the case. I think there's still room for doubt that like the classic conception of an all-powerful deity exists. It could still be, or you know, it could have been a different alien civilization who is just messing with us to make us all deluded for some nefarious purpose. Like those are still possibilities that are open. And in such a crazy scenario, those possibilities aren't that far-fetched compared to any of the other ones. So I would need some sort of logical sophistry to, I mean, sophistry is kind of bad, but you know, yeah, not sophistry. Um, yeah, it's basically just logical demonstration of a proposition that can't help, like can't be anything but true basically. Okay. And experientially, how how much do you weigh that? Um, so like, let, let, let's say hypothetically, you're like, okay, God, I'm going to give you a week. Like, (laughs) like, do like show me some things that are completely out of the ordinary and that would re- like would kind of showcase that you're there but you're only thinking about this you're not saying anything to anybody else so so there's no tainting of your thought process and and there's no kind of what's the word, like there's no uh there's no way anybody else could know but even still it goes with the very f- the first thing i brought up is this could just be my mind like it could be f- Okay, a creation of my own. Right, right, right. right. So, 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 so like okay. if I'm looking for signs, I'm more likely to see signs. Okay, so what if you're not looking for a specific sign, and it's just like a kind of like, oh wait, that's that's, I don't know how to explain it. Never mind. See, that, that's the we thing. Like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't rely on an experiential. Okay. Um, evidence. It would have to be logic, like it would, exclusively. You're saying. Well, I, I'm saying if I'm sure there are scenarios that you could put me in where I would believe it just because you know the the sheer power of that moment or or whatever it is yeah but then like thinking in this cool-headed state right now i don't think i would be right in believing it you know in a situation where all all the signs line just right i think that would me be me just like confirmation bias essentially like sure yeah i'm i'm Finding things that I'm if just... I see three green cars right. really exist. It's like, well, one, two, three. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, you know, go buy a car lot. So yeah, it would need to be something like the Kalam cosmological argument actually works and there isn't any flaws in it. Like somebody would have to come up with an argument that is, I can't poke any holes in, essentially. And there are plenty of arguments for God. It's just all of them, I, I think, have holes. So That's fair. Um how do you see people who do believe in God? Like, would you like like do you ridicule them for 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 thinking differently than you, or like for not being as smart as you, or for not <laughs> like 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 you know what I mean? Like, um, like, how do you deal with that? I think it really depends on the person. The way I see it, like intelligence is not a single thing; it's many things. Like, you have compartments of thought in your brain. Like, not even on the subject of God, you know, you can be very smart when it comes to some subject and not knowledgeable when it comes to another. So I wouldn't classify a person as being stupid if they believe in God. They can be smarter than I am. Um, I just think that when it comes to a specific question, maybe they're not thinking clearly. And I'm sure there are questions that I'm not thinking clearly on. Sure. So I think it'd be more like a trade-off of you're, you know, have thought these things through better in some cases than I have in other cases. So I wouldn't want to label somebody in a complete sense as being like less intelligent than I am. Okay. But I would just think, like, I don't think you're right on this thing, and you're probably smarter than me on lots of other things. Sure, so. but just on this thing. I just and then don't. when it comes to, like, ridiculing people, it really depends on what they say and if they seem to be thoughtful about it. Because I've heard plenty of people who believe in God 
discuss their belief in very thought-provoking, nuanced, intelligent ways. And then I've heard other people say things that it sounds like they're just spitting back out something that they've like they're just regurgitating information that, right and then it's just obvious that yeah, they yeah. Are. <laughs> so it, it really depends on if the person has it seems like they put thought into it or not that yeah. i'm gonna like would you say you're dismissive or or you wouldn't go that far of... um i don't think i'm dismissive out of hand of like okay just if i know a person believes in god then i dismiss them i don't think that's true i think i would like to listen to what people have to say about the topic first no yeah that, that's fair but no yeah that makes a lot of sense like i get into a lot of theological arguments with like my brother especially but just like over the years i have with other people too there's one time even i was working at a cafe and i was up at the register after just having finished my break and on my break i was reading a book so i still had the book on the on the counter and it was face down and the book was why i'm not a christian by bertrand russell and i was taking his order and then he asked me what book i'm reading because he couldn't see it so i lifted up and show him and then immediately he takes issue with the book I'm reading and he starts coming at me with arguments for God. He's like, why, why would you like, are you an atheist? And I was like, yeah. And then he, you know, we spend 20 minutes while I'm at the register with this customer and he's just like trying to convince you, to convince me that God exists. So just like even natural arguments like that, that I wasn't looking for just kind of have happened over the several years. <laughs> And it's not like I immediately think this person's an idiot for for doing this. Like I sure. want to know what they think, and like I want to see if they have good ideas. Because so. I mean, like I mean, okay. So I I'm a I, I'm a believer of the Christian persuasion, and you know, just but but like putting that aside, and then putting your atheism aside for a second. Sure. Like I feel like there are some good, like some good effects of, or or like some good parts of religion in general that positively affect society would you agree yeah yeah i would agree yeah so like i mean for one i think the like the one that people point to the most is um the sense of community Mm -hmm. where like you know for me um who works by himself who has one or two other co-workers who are my like my like like i hired them so it's not like it's not that it's a different kind of relationship yeah you can never really get like a close relationship with your like there's always a little bit of distance a little bit of a distance there yeah so 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 church has been a uh, kind of a saving grace for me in that Mm -hmm. sense where it's like okay i'm kind of on equal footing with everybody and then it's like okay i'm able to talk about my experiences and whatever and and then you also have your friends um but so like would you agree or or what are your thoughts on the fact that like like or do you think that that community portion is just kind of imagined and kind of just like a no no i definitely think that's one of the strongest things that religion i guess as a whole has going for it is that fostering community and making people that don't really know each other very well care about each other and feel like they belong to something that's bigger than themselves i think those are all very important things i think so too i just think that while that is a way that seems to be maybe easier or because it's you know been established for so long that people feel like an easy time getting into um i just don't think that i don't think religion is the only way to get that agreed so like if from my perspective if there's a lot of problems with religion and i would prefer in an ideal world that nobody believed in these things i still think you could get community other other ways sure but i think yeah like i'm not gonna throw the baby out with the bathwater. i do think that there are good aspects to religion. I think another part is, um, is that it provides emotional, some sort of centeredness to where like people have a higher power that they can cling on to. So whether it be the Christian God or um, some other 
religion, you know, if you're Taoist or whatever it is, th- this world already has so many problems. <laughs> it's it's comforting to know that there's something to hold on to. Now, from your perspective, you'd be like, well, you're just kind of making that up. And what I'm and like it's something I would say to that effect is like, um, true. <laughs> Wait, except, really? You would say that? No, I mean, I mean, it's a valid point, okay. except for the fact that it doesn't seem to work the same way when you're talking about like just thinking depression away or other mental illnesses. You see what I mean? So like, where people find comfort in Jesus mm-hmm. and like He can help me with my issues and things like that. Like, I don't know why that that level of imaginative thing that you like that 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 you would ascribe to it. Like why it, it it doesn't seem to also like uh, extend to other like things in my my, in my thought on like the difference between just thinking depression away and then not being depressed because you believe in some higher power is because in the one case you actually believe it. it I think like it's almost impossible to think depression away because you you know you're depressed. It's like you just have to deny something that you know about yourself. Whereas in the case of like believing in God, like people who believe in God, they believe. Like it's it's like a placebo. Like the placebo is not really going to have an effect if you know you're taking a placebo. At least in some cases, it depends on the placebo. Right, right. But so that's that's how I would see it. Is like in one case you're doing a thing and really truly believing that thing. In the other case, you're doing it knowing that you're just trying to trick your brain into working differently. Like I feel like that's a pretty big difference between the the thought processes that like the things that are going on in the brain. Like. You're you're not believing in God because you think that this belief will help you. You're like first you actually believe, and then maybe it helps you. You know what I'm saying? No, no, <laughs> because because I mean you're. It it seems like you're talking out of t- both both sides of your mouth. It's like on like like on the one hand you can believe something so powerful hmm. exists, but you can't believe something else away with the same amount of power. Does that make sense? Okay, so. Or maybe I I lost you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you you believe the thing that like that God exists, but are you doing that to get rid of your depression? Like I don't think you are. Okay. I think you believe that first, and then that helps you. I guess maybe for some people, stave off depression. Okay. So it's not like you have to deny your depression. You're going through a different route to get rid of it. Whereas if you're trying to just think away your depression, there it's there's there's no other route. There's like no intermediary buffer thing to to get rid of it. It's like there's no comforting source. Like you, you could believe something else to think away your depression, I guess. You could focus on like positive outcomes or whatever. But like yeah. doing it directly, I feel like is is almost like you get in a ineffective spiral because it's you, you know that you, you're depressed so you just have to somehow over it's like pulling yourself up by your bootstraps it's easier to do if you believe that you're not pulling yourself up by your bootstraps somebody else is doing it for you mm. that's that's is that a good analogy i'm not sure like i'm not terribly convinced by it but i mean i see where okay. you're going with it yeah and then also what you were saying earlier before about um like people like emotional centeredness or like mm-hmm. believing in the higher power i don't think that's straightforwardly or always a good thing. I see that going both ways, good and bad. Like, I mm. guess it can help people get through tough times if they think there's a greater reason for their struggles or like yeah. it's part of God's plan or like it'll all work out in the end or like this person died, but I'll see them after I'm dead too, so it'll mm-hmm. be okay. 
but then I think it also like it 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 works like pathologically too. Like I see this, I saw this in my mom a lot growing up, and I was always annoyed. But <laughs> she was when I was in high school, she was going to college for her nursing degree, and she would sometimes because you know she was raising kids and she had a job, so she was overworked and didn't have enough time to. I was going to say study. that's terrible. So she, when she would fail a test, and sometimes like she would fail a whole class and have to retake it, and that was horrible. No. She would blame herself for the failure. Mm. When she succeeded, she would praise. She would attribute that to God. Mm. So I think it can ha- also have a negative. Picking. Yeah, it can have a negative effect on one's self esteem too, because the good things, those are those are God. God did that for you. The bad things, I'm at fault there. Mm. It's like so you're not to, you're not to be praised for any of the good things you do. Like where is your like, it's dependence on this other idea for your life to be good instead of recognizing that you were responsible for these things or at least in some sense you were like you know you studied for the test rather than you know god helped me yeah no i feel that i mean i mean i think there's a balance there to where like you don't have to just attribute the bad things to you and the good things to god well, you don't you don't have to certainly yeah but, no yeah definitely not and i mean and i think it's somewhere in the middle to where like if you don't study for a test you're gonna fail yeah it is what it is but there are some times where you study for the test and you still fail. Yeah. Right. And that's not necessarily on God or on one way or the other. But I mean, that points out a good thing right there, too, is how are you to know what any of it is God's doing? If you study for a test and you fail, if you study for a test and pass, and, you know, why would you attribute any of these to, to God's doing at okay. all? So that, <laughs> okay, then, no, that's fair. So, so let's, so that actually brings up a question that I've been thinking about all week is it's the fact that, like, the non-view of God, and I and I and I guess we're going to apologetics now, which I kind of wanted to avoid, and I'm sorry about that. <laughs> but kind of like, or, or or I guess I'm just curious what way you think about it, because the not like the the view that there is no God begs the question of like you you think that, or one would think that everything is just physical mm-hmm. and physical cent- physically centered. But at the end of the day, I, I would say we're more emotional and like more emotional beings than we are just chemical reactions happening in our heads does that make sense no like what's the difference so i mean if it, i mean if it was just so easy you could chemically pe- have people feel anything you want at any t- at any point in time i think at some point in the future you will be able to okay do that. okay okay wait so i just think it the the you know the neurons the all the connections between them sure the chemistry that's happening in your brain i think that's a very complex thing that so, we don't have the full knowledge and ability to manipulate yet so so from your perspective it is just a matter of science not a matter of there's nothing unique to you you're just the well, chemicals still, happening in your head there's still something unique to you like my dna is different than yours and the you know, but, but 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 the only differences are physical oh um, sure yeah so 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 there's nothing different about anybody else other than the and dna makeup which made them that way and their experiences and, and along in their lifetime that have changed their their bodies. So then, how does choice work into that? Oh, I don't believe in choice in, like, in a technical sense. I'm curious. That that's like like I don't believe in choice. That's I uh, that's that's just intriguing to me. I'm not sure. going to argue on it. I'm actually just kind of curious. Can you go into that, please? Yeah, yeah. Um, apologies for any of the people that have listened to every episode of this podcast because just boil it down for me. There are Sorry. a few <laughs> things that I've talked about uh, like too maybe too many times for for the type of listener who listens to every podcast. But for the type of listener who doesn't, then it'll be perfectly fine. Okay, so the way I would see it is you can think of 
like depending on how you conceptualize what choice means, then sure. I, I could agree. Yeah, like I, I do make decisions, but then like I don't make decisions to make those decisions. Like I'm not in charge of the decisions I make. Like I can feel like sure it's still me, this body doing mm-hmm. it, but some like separate, you know, what maybe you think of as like the you that's living inside your head or whatever, some your consciousness, your soul, your spirit or whatever, making decisions that are independent of the the laws of nature or like the physics, like some free will that works outside of the universe and inserts its hand, its hand into the universe to that you use to do your actions. Wait, that's what you feel is happening? No, I don't think oh, that okay. makes, I don't think that I, that idea makes any sense. Okay. So like what I would say is that everything, every, let's just say choice, every choice, every action that I make that could have been, at least in theory, a different action mm-hmm. is informed by every previous thing that has happened. So like mm-hmm. whether that's my previous brain state or something that's happening in the environment around me, it goes into, you could think of it as like an algorithm where there's, you know, input of everything around me, every single positive possible sense is the input. And then there is some output that there's code, you know, metaphorically speaking. I know, yeah, anyway, I feel you. In my brain that is just churning, constantly producing behavior. And since okay. I am part of this body, I feel responsible for that behavior. It's it's me. And I, because of this, you know, sense of consciousness in my brain, I feel sort of illusory authorship or sense of like, yeah, responsibility for the fact that I chose to do this thing. But I think if you really boil it down and look at it completely, I'm just essentially the same in, you know, idea as a robot that you program to do certain things. Okay. Like if then statements, just millions of those in my brain. Right. If I feel because of everything that's happening in my body, thirsty and there's water in front of me i will grab it and drink it and then if cir- circumstances are slightly different maybe i won't drink it just yet maybe i'll wait a few minutes maybe i'll do something so i think so then like concepts of love right are illusionary well no you, you can still feel the love you know i would just think that i didn't have a choice in the love you know okay so then crime no choice yeah i wouldn't like obviously the person chose to do the thing that mm-hmm. means the program that's running in their brain, mm-hmm. it would only have done that given the situation they're in, which isn't to say that, you know, we should let everybody do crime because that negatively impacts other people. Sure. I would think we should try to change the program that's in their brain, like help them out, give them comfort, give them positive relationships, reeducate them, whatever it may take, so that now the program that's running in their brain doesn't do crime. And then, you know, if people are repeat offenders or doing horrible things, then I do think it still makes sense to put them in rooms and jails, lock them away so they don't continue harming other people. I just don't think it makes sense in like a like a deep sense to blame them for it. Like to think that retribution, I don't really think makes a lot of sense. Mm. And I think that's actually a positive of the... Uh, Religion? No, no. It, I, oh. think, I think it's a positive of the letting go of this idea of free will is there's no room really that there's no rational room for hatred or for holding grudges against people. Like you can say like, yeah, that person did a bad thing, but it's not truly their fault. And now we just need to work towards making sure they don't do that bad thing again and making sure that now that they understand that it was a bad thing so that, you know, the code that's running will adjust itself. I think it's a very intellectual thing to say in terms of like, like, like to tell somebody hatred's not it's not worth it bro like or i mean or or <laughs> it's not it's not really a real thing or it's not really worth to pursue it yeah um obviously it still happens by, you still feel that hatred but i don't yeah right like you just said it's not worth it 
I don't think it at at the very end of it. I don't think it makes sense to hate. I think hate has its place because there's some evils in this world that is right to hate. Okay, I guess uh, maybe yeah, we could take it that way. Like if you're hating the thing, like the action, Mm -hmm. like hating murder, for instance. Sure, you could you could hate the bad things, but I don't think it makes sense to hate the people who do the bad things. Okay, I'm I'm in agreement there. Yeah, yeah. So so to that vein, I feel like. If it's okay to hate something, that kind of opens the path to a lot of other things, right? To where, or or I guess it just sounds very heady to me to to like explain to somebody like, hey, my point of view is is that you know like, oh, this is just a like you're just an algorithm and you're gonna enjoy this. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and like 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 to explain life like that seems a little depressing to me. Why is it depressing? Um, you still have your emotions; they still run. Like this, you still enjoy things. You still experience sadness and exhilaration and fear and but then taking agency out of it makes me feel like I'm or 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 there is no me. I I guess in your theory, right? There is no you in there, making choices and and like enjoying things for the for the sake of it. It's just an algorithm thing. But there is no you. It's just a it's just an algorithm, right? Well, it's still you. It's just not like this this metaphysical separation of matter that you know. It's not some you from the outside. It's not from spiritual you. It's like every okay. your your body, everything that you're doing, everything that you're feeling. That's still I would still that's that's still Josue. You know, you can still differentiate these different you know meat machines <laughs> that are, that everybody is that everybody has or is. Yeah. Okay. okay. Here's another way to look at it. Like. This is one that some other people that have talked about this have used, so I'll just use it too. You can imagine if you're in the forest and there's a bear, and the bear comes and rips your arm off. Are you going to hate that bear? Like, are you, does it make sense? I'm going to be focused on healing myself. I don't have okay. time for hate. Let's, but yeah. Okay, let's say you get back home and now you're safe, but your arm's gone. Does it make sense to have a grudge against that bear or to hate that bear or to like blame that bear or think that bear is a bad bear, bad person? Like bad thing like the bear was just no it's running just on its tool it was just running on its bear behaviors right and that's fair so 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 i guess that that, that that's where the christian and the non-christian view like this or, or the separate. monism and the dualism yeah well like in the sense that like like the evolutionist view would or would say that it's just like we're all just animals we're just higher evolved animals whereas the christian point of view would say no there's something special to you there's a you in there that isn't just chemical reactions, I guess. But what is the basis for that thought? Like, why I think that? I don't know. I mean, I'm not. I don't know the specifics, or or maybe I'm not understanding your question. Like, I'm why sorry. why would why why believe that? Like, what is it about what you've experienced in life that makes you believe that that's true? Because we have different experiences than animals, and we uh, and we there's there's there, there's something to us that I would say the animals don't have. I, again, I'm from a Christian's perspective where I would say, like, you know, we have the ability to make choices to, I mean, all that animals have, they, they, they run on instinct, whereas I feel we run on something different. Does that make sense? I get what you're saying. I just don't think it's okay. true. That's fair. I think it's, essentially, it's like anthropomorphism, like, just because, or like, you know, the the same sense of, like. Like you, you like you talk to your dog and you think it, like, it. We're not, an, not anthropomorphism, okay. anthropocentrism. Um, anthropocentrism. Yeah, yeah. Or like <laughs> the... I guess it is anthropocentric. Yeah, that's fair. This may sound harsh, and I don't mean it this way, but okay. like the inability to think outside yourself, essentially. Like, ah. I am... Th- this is what my experience. 
and I'm going to think that is special because because it's me. You know, it's 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 the same like kind of root that is in like nationalism and all sorts of other areas. Like this is where I was happened to be born, so this is the best place on earth. This is like the gender I happen to be, so it's the best one. This is the like this is the best. This is the animal I happen to be, so it is the special one. It is the but different. But it does one. work in the opposite, right? Where you could say, okay, well, maybe I'm not special, but I like my daughter. I like my son, and I think they're special. How, how is that anthropocentric in your view? Like, like how is that wrong? I mean, that's essentially, it's like, it's one step removed from the self. It's still just, you know. It's they not share, self anymore, though. They share 50% of your DNA. Like, yeah. they, they're <laughs> your offspring. They're reflections of you, in a sense, at least 50%. Yeah. So it's it's still, it's like, this is actually this little sidetrack, little, little note that I find interesting. Okay. But in so many movies and commercials and TV shows, the care for the family is shown as some like virtue. Mm-hmm. And I think sure it's good to care for your family. Mm-hmm. But it's like I think that's the absolute bare minimum like of of human virtues. Like you're the bare minimum? You yeah, you're like caring for the things that you created, the the things that you produce, the things that share your DNA above the the outside world, the the strangers that are actually pretty much different from you. It's so like parochial. It's it's so you know care about what's cl- what's close to you. Care about your own life rather than anybody else's. So like wait wait why would you add the rather than anyone else's in there? Or like above anyone else's, I suppose. Care about them more than you care about other people. Okay, well who I mean, aren't you? Your, you your could children. argue the fact that like you know your family is the one that helps you survive, and the most people you know because you can't really handle everybody. You 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 can't you you can only connect with so many people at a time. True. So the family unit is the most common denominator to do that and then you could say that that's one unit and different families together are different units and such and, and kind of go on and so, and so on and so forth true but i don't see why that's any, any virtue then if it's, just, if it's just caring about okay. survival I don't, I don't know how to walk you up through that <laughs> <laughs> i'm not i'm not nearly smart enough to... but it, that was that was a, a side track anyway just okay. something i, I noticed sometimes like it's like oh you're such a good person for caring about your child it's like really are you you're just a person for that i think i mean so then I, I think it's worth mentioning, though, because if you think about it, people like to be liked and, and like to be recognized. Mm-hmm. So so are you saying I so so by me saying, Mom, I, I have enjoyed your company and your love to me is not or I feel like there's some more there's more gravitas to that than to just say, hey, I applaud you for doing the absolute bare minimum. You are killing it out here <laughs> with the basics. There, it, it doesn't. Like or to me, there's something <laughs> special about that. I mean, yeah, you can you can express your gratitude and and not do it in a way that seems like it's undermining it. But <laughs> by saying, I mean, I feel like maybe that's the kind of type of gratitude you should extend to all people rather than just. I'm just saying the the care and concern should extend like should extend, should extend beyond, beyond your family. Beyond hundred percent, yeah, yeah. no question. Okay, I feel like the family is just at the node. Yeah. Whereas, and then it expands from there. Yeah. Uh, whereas, I don't feel like it should be kind of tossed to the side. Like it's just the basics. Because, <laughs> like, I, I mean, I'm just thinking about like an orphan, for example. Yeah. Like, I feel like a family would be more than just more than a basic, like more than just a the most basic thing that they could get to some extent because you could have food you could go to school you you could go to work and have people around you but have like somebody feel ownership of you or, or like you know feel like you belong somewhere yeah i feel like that has special weight that 
you can't really get anywhere else. I guess I don't mean the basics of survival. I mean, just mean like the basics of like decency, like basics of morality or anyway, like just caring about okay. your yeah, family. Fair. That should be the, something that's just kind of pre-programmed. Like, okay. Yeah. It's, it's like a natural no yeah, instinct to care about your children. I don't think that needs to, to be expressed as some virtue. And what are your thoughts on like religion having such a huge effect and impact on the way the country was built? Like in by country, I mean the U.S. and how it's kind of in almost in every single artifact, you know, <laughs> it's in the it's pledge of allegiance, et cetera, et cetera. How, how do you feel about that? And and and, and kind of like compare and contrast it to what you think the country would be like if we didn't have that. Well, okay, so it's interesting you say the pledge of allegiance because the under God thing wasn't added in the pledge of allegiance until the 1950s. I'm pretty sure when McCarthyism was terrorizing the shout nation. Shout out to McCarthy. <laughs> no, he doesn't need any shout outs. Worst Wisconsin senator. <laughs> Or governor, whichever one he was. Um, I think he was a senator. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and then, like, also, like, th- there was those sorts of things, notion in God, added into government, a, a lot of those in, like, the 50s. Like, like what we're seeing, kind of seeing now in some southern states of putting the Ten Commandments inside oh, of the... God. I'm going to uh, talk about that in bad examples of Christianity. <laughs> <laughs> Let's Government yeah. buildings. Yeah. <laughs> um, but then if you look at the founding, obviously lots of people at the time were religious, but like the founding mm-hmm. fathers seems like separation of, of church and state. Like they seem For to good be, reason. Right. They seem to be mindful about the power that the church can have over Green. government and wanting to make them separate and make them not in, into some horrible downward spiral. So like separate that from church from God. So like they believed in like, like apart from the church down here and the separation, like, like a lot of them just believed in God in general. You look at like the Jefferson Bible, it seemed like Jefferson probably believed in God, but he disagreed with a lot of like mm-hmm. the Christians of the time and what they thought. So yeah, like they had some conception of, of God, but they didn't want the specific partisan or like policies of churches at the time to have a say in government or at least a overwhelming say. Yeah. So I don't know. I think the amount that religion was involved in the founding of the nation was fine because it seemed like they were doing their best to not have it be involved but uh it's that i mean they anchored like a lot of the unalienable rights to that right to their belief in god we believe these truths to be self-evident did they believe those because of god or did they just believe those though i wonder do you know i think they believed it because of god personally i mean i i I think i'm not i mean i don't want to misquote any like the so do you, well, are you, like are you that, thinking that if they didn't believe in God, that they wouldn't believe in unalienable un- rights then? They wouldn't no, put that I'm, thing into uh, the Constitution? No, I don't think I would go that far. But I would venture to say that our country would be much different if it didn't yeah, have that, that, sure. that, that, that Christian basis on it. I'm Yeah, I'm sure it would. And, and I wonder, I think it probably would be better, but... Would you? <laughs> okay. Yeah. and I definitely In what think... way? Like, like, just let me put you on the spot. Just give me like one example. Like, And do you think it'd be one... And again, I'm starting from from the jump, from 1776 to now. If there wasn't that Christian influence, like how do you feel it would be better? Um, I think maybe churches would be taxed, and that would mm. be helpful, and also make sure that uh, you know. I have no opinion on that actually. I'm it's I'm 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 neutral. It's okay. So it's like, especially when churches do uh, fundraise or do influence the government through lobbying or mm-hmm. through you know, endorsing senators or whatnot. It's like a, a clear, you know, easy stream of, of cash flow when there's mm-hmm. no taxation going on there. Mm-hmm. Like it, it, they would have less power in influencing the government if they were taxed. Agreed. And they would have, to the extent that churches do exploit people, they would have less power to exploit people for their money if they mm-hmm. were taxed. You know, a lot of people, 
if you're Christian, you feel that need. You have to be a supporter of the church if you're going to be a good Christian. You have to donate some of your money to it. And like that, I guess, can be good depending on what the church is doing. Mm -hmm. But I feel like with more... And also, you see so many churches. Like it seems almost wasteful to me how there's like a church on every block. Like how much attendance can those churches possibly have? And they... they, they but culturally, it's different, bro. I think that's fair. Like, isn't it also wasteful to have Uber and Lyft? <laughs> <laughs> and everything else? And Instacart and every you know, like I don't I don't know like is it wasteful to have Uber and Lyft I mean th they're both being paid for whereas th these churches I feel like they they linger on for for longer than their lifespan otherwise would have if they mm -hmm. you know okay. had to pay taxes it's and also like to the extent that churches do operate as a business you know whether that's supporting their their priests or having people on payroll yeah. yeah. I, I don't know why there's special exclusion for them in the sense of taxation. I don't know. So uh, I mean, I'm, I'm, I don't disagree with you. <laughs> and then, you I know, mean, I think it would put a lot of, I mean, I don't think the founding fathers kind of foresaw this, right? Uh, but it, it would bring in a lot of, or pull in the reins on, on, on a lot of the greed that yeah. has seeped into the church to where before they were kind of the bulwark of society. Now, I guess some people still view them that way. Some people view them as the bane of society. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I don't disagree that it would put in a rain on a yeah. lot of the, can I say, evil that it, that a lot of churches produce nowadays. Yeah, especially so, like those televangelists or like mega churches oh, where they've got please, like don't get me the started. Kenneth Copelands of the world who are like literal billionaires through their being a priest, or yeah, pastor, yeah. and have like, you know, that would be less possible. I mean, if I there feel was like taxation. like if like a lot of the the people we look up to, like let's say MLK, if MLK were to be alive now, I feel like he would be ashamed of a lot of what people call Christian these days. Probably. Um, I feel like a lot of our founding fathers would be ashamed <laughs> of what people call Christian these days. Yeah, especially um, since I, I feel like there's been a switch and it was like, what, in the 1970s or 80s or something where like Christianity used to be more democratic aligning where now it's more Republican aligning where like MLK definitely wouldn't have been a modern day mm -mm. Republican. Or Democrat, I would Probably say. Probably not. Yeah, because I mean, for reasons, but just kind of going into like the bad part of Christianity, I cannot underestimate how terrible, how terrible Catholicism in its in in its prior form, and maybe in its today form, I'm not really sure, but in its prior form, and kind of just and not even just Catholicism, I guess, like exclusively, but how with the Crusades, yeah, and like if you don't believe what I believe. You're done, yeah, yeah. <laughs> because because God says so, <laughs> right? And like He told me to come and kill you because you're of a different color than me. Yeah. Just so you know, like I I <laughs> like this is what I want. I think that's terrible, and then and and it's like brought on a huge like mar and like scar on definitely what other people who maybe aren't atheists think of Christianity, but sure. wouldn't like lean into other types of religion. Um, and I think it's just like a shame yeah. that a lot of that. I think the Catholic Church has probably been just collecting nothing but but bad uh, reputation. I think it's gonna get worse personally for hundreds of years. <laughs> you got the Crusades, like you've got, you know, so so many splinter groups separating from the Catholic Church, mm -hmm. like Martin Luther and like Calvinism. Like they're all just like you guys are awful. Like we're not doing it your way. And then yep. you know now over the past hundred years, you got growing reports of you know child abuse mm -hmm. and. All sorts of horrible things going on in Bro, Catholic churches. They all have the world. their own country. 
think that's about true. that for a second. It's a tiny country, but they do, yeah. It, it doesn't matter what size <laughs> it is. It's a country. Yeah. And one can only imagine the kind of things that goes on there personally. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I don't want to bash uh, or Catholicism right now, but the point is, it's like, and I guess, I mean, I don't want to just say them because nowadays what people call Protestant pisses me off because a lot of like what, what I think Christ espouses for and, and, and goes for, I try to look for that in like some of these churches and some of these sermons. Yeah. And I'm just like, I don't know who you are. I don't, I don't know what this is all about. Like, I'll, I'll give you an example. Like, a lot of these evangelicals who are sold out for a certain candidate, mm-hmm. let's just put it that way, I don't understand the, 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 the Christian basis for idolatry of yeah. a man. Does that make sense to you? No, no, I get that. I, I don't, I've never really understood it and how everybody just kind of goes along with it. And by everybody, I mean kind of a majority here. Um, yeah, like 49%. <laughs> 49%. I think it's it's so sad um, how, and again, I'm just talking about the, the, the Christian persuasion here. And like, if we're talking about Islam, how even just saying the word, you think of just bombings and mass killings and yeah. things like that. And again, let, let's assume they're right. What the fuck are you doing bombing buildings, yo? <laughs> <laughs> what is this? I... I yeah, and they would say they're extremists. They're not with us. I get it, but the point is, is that religion can be abused, bro. Definitely, like yeah. it's and then and then it throws a stain on everybody else. It's like, is this your god? Is this your leader? Like, I don't like. And then it pushes people away from, like, saying, if you're so Christian, explain this, this, and this. But then the this, this, and this becomes so long that that it's just. It's it's a bridge too far. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like like the wall just becomes way too high for you to say, nah, man. Whatever Christ Christ you you sign up for, I don't want him, and I don't think he exists because this is way too incongruent. <laughs> Does that make sense? No, no, I feel that like all the time. And honestly, I'd probably go further than you by saying like that's one of the reasons that I'm not a big fan of religion in general is mm. because it seems like it is a device that is like a tribalistic device that is way too easily taken like overboard like into the Agreed. into the violence of hating the out group mm-hmm. like i can get that there's some good to like the the other the flip side of that like loving the in group i guess i would rather n- there not have to be a distinction between the in group and the out group yeah. but maybe that's not possible but still there has to be what are we doing <laughs> how easily it can, it, it can go to hating the other, hating the non-Christian, hating the different denomination of Christian, mm-hmm. and then acting on that, like that, it seems like it's, it switches something in, in people's brains that's dangerous too easily compared to, I don't know, so, so not so, so you said it was a tool. Why do you think it's lasted so long as it, as a, I like, mean, from your perspective? It's, because it's just too easy. It's just too good. It's it just it a, is. I mean, it is pretty good at what it does. Like if, from like an evolutionary perspective, okay. If you're killing rival groups, that's pretty helpful to your own survival of of your own group and of your own self. You know, if you're if you can easily band with the people that you of your you know in group mm-hmm. to maybe not kill, but you could convert to expand expand this you know culture at the expense of other cultures. That seems like it's favorable to organisms into the future like favorable to growth so it's like 
regardless of its truth value, it seems like it's effective at perpetuating itself. Yeah. And also so many religions, maybe even most of the, probably most of them have such an emphasis on having kids, having lots of kids so that you can. Which ones? I don't know. Well, like, like Catholicism, it, I guess, is like Christianity in in general, like is opposed, like, and most forms of Christianity that I can think of are opposed uh-huh. to like birth control or like at least abortion for sure. Abortion for sure, yeah. But even some of them go so far as just birth control in general, okay. and like then they want you to probably just have unprotected sex after marriage, so that you know those kids will keep popping out. <laughs> um, <laughs> Islam is you know same thing there. Mm. It's like it's a recipe for you know. Growth, really. Recipe for growth? Oh. Like the, the, the religion in general. It's a recipe for growth through, you know, lots of kids killing outgroups or converting outgroups. Yeah. So, I mean, that kind of reminds me of something that I was thinking about a couple of days ago. Is It's the fact that, like, just, again, from the Christian persuasion, I find it interesting how God doesn't shy away from, or, like, in, in, in Scripture, talking about how terrible his people were, and air quotes, right? So, like, you have David who did terrible things. You have a lot of Israelite and Judean kings who did a lot of terrible things. And I'm a fan of the fact that he doesn't shy away from saying the ter- like the the bad parts of each of his of his people because it goes to show that nobody's perfect. And even then, the no nobody gets off scot free. Does that make sense? Mm. So, like, n- nobody just kind of gets away with it because you're part of my group. Whereas today, I feel like if you're part of the in-group, you can do a lot of terrible stuff and people will just overlook it and be like, well, it's kind of whatever. Just, you know, just kind of go away and just, yeah. like, it'll just kind of blow away. The, 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 I, I, I feel like that honesty of just uh, holding people accountable and accountability is is missing, and that's mm. terrible. And and I think religion does, or bad religion does, have a role in that, in in a in a, in a big way. Yeah. Um, and, and not to mention, like, religion also does lend itself to being overrun by eccentric leaders. I think yeah, that's kind of just. A but problem. but I think there's just a lot, of, like in general. It's a I think problem politics with like and power. Like mm-hmm. you have this like hierarchy where you, per- person at the top has so much control over everybody else underneath them that like that it's hard to avoid that going to your head and yeah so like you know in politics you've got that happening in religious groups or cults you've got that happening can i say something sure i've noticed that a lot of the movements i would say particularly in the left and the right well no, not particularly right that's stupid <laughs> but um while not or or particularly in the left while espousing to like not be religious or anything like that does have religious tendencies like what if you're not part of us, we don't want you. Yeah, that's so okay, that's like just tribalism. Okay. Where I mean, this is this is one thing that some people that's say. That's kind of what you equated religion to. Well, I, I was saying like religion is a is a good tool for exacerbating tribalism. Sure. Okay. So then maybe like the underlying like the thing that you're talking about like wouldn't be religious. I guess you could people say like religious fervor or like they compare things to religion a okay. lot. Maybe it's just me, but in my mind I like to reserve religion for when we're talking about supernatural beliefs but yeah if you want to say like there's a religious tendencies on the left for you know tribal tribalism then i guess you know in in spirit generally i would agree with that and 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 i only point out the left specifically to point out that 
they they're the ones that particularly don't see religion as something valuable or or espoused for it not to mm. be valuable at all. So that's the only reason why I say like it's religious in nature, but not really religious because the right is just manipulating religion to do whatever the heck they want and to say whatever they want yeah. and to just pull people along yeah. to whatever it is that they want to say at that specific time, which to be honest, I think is even worse because <laughs> um, like, whereas I feel like on the left, people don't know or don't feel like their experiences are religious. I mean, there's a lot of chanting, a lot of, uh, <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of judging people mm-hmm. um, by today's standards of something they did in the past. Yeah. There's, again, you mentioned the tribalism, um, there's manifestos and whatnot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I mean, I also think these things are bad. I, I mean, I agree. I mean, I just, I fear that if people don't recognize the, the religious nature that they're going to fall prey to the same thing that the right is falling into. Does that make sense? Mm, yeah, I can see that. Yeah, it's it's very unsatisfying to many people, but I often try to, if I can, separate myself from the left and right. Even oh, though think, uh, that, that goes without saying. i I don't know even though maybe if you like you asked me a a long list of questions of like what i think certain policy decisions should be i would i would be on the left i just don't want to like put myself like i agree in the group of people who are you know so tribalistic and so and and kind of before we go into that let, 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 let let me just say this that i feel like Another example of why I feel like a lot of, uh, or another way that the left is kind of religious without knowing it is that they worship self and feelings. I feel like whatever, whatever you feel and whatever, whoever you are, that is God to you and should be God to everyone else. In, 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 in the sense of like, I think of myself as such because I am my own God and you need to address my, t- <laughs> address me as such. <laughs> uh does, it, does, does that not sound religious to you or okay so i mean i if if you put it that way it it could it can be but i mean there's no supernatural claims going on anyway or at least you know generally not so in my mind it's still a distinguishing factor between religion and non-religion but okay. it's still bad it's still Reading. like you cuz i've i've used that kind of language before i guess of saying like in a metaphorical sense Maybe everybody has a god. Everybody has something that is their highest value, but you know, in a literal sense, it's not. It's not a god. It's not actually religious. I um, think, or I feel like if though if, if we use if phrasing we, it that way or sure, framing yeah. it that way, yeah, yeah, I, I can go along with the spirit of what you're saying. I just feel like if we define what's religious or what's religion as things that involve ritual and a higher like a highest value Mm -hmm. and just yeah a general belief system even if that belief system is not metaphysical in nature if that belief system is is purely grounded in the physical world if those are all religion then i feel like it kind of cheapens makes the word less valuable because then so many things become religion like Hmm, sounds familiar like what what do you mean words not meaning anything that they used to mean or (laughs) et cetera et cetera uh but i mean just to kind of finish off the the bad religion part i think it's just terrible how people have hijacked christianity and a lot of other religions by introducing the idea of compelling and forcing and uh what do you call it just shaming people into doing things Mm. whereas i i think it's just evil personally to where like you're again like you said the tribalism it's just 
you're either with us or against us. And if you were ever in the past ever against our current thinking, you're garbage. And <laughs> I think that's goes on both sides. I don't, I mean, I don't want to dunk on the right and I don't want to dunk on, well, you know what? Let's just equally dunk because <laughs> it's just kind of pathetic out here. Okay. So here's kind of some thoughts I had. Okay. So like, um, how do you feel about everything being political in in society nowadays? I mean, I don't know if to what extent it actually is. I don't like the idea of it becoming that. Okay. But do you think everything is? I think it's becoming more and more every day. Yeah, yeah. Things are getting more polarized like, for sure. If you drink a certain kind of beer, you're with them. You <laughs> see what I'm saying? Yeah, that's definitely happened recently. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the, those types of things aren't good. But also, like, it's definitely comp- companies feeding into it and doing it on a purpose for, like, PR gains, I guess. It's like so many things that exist, companies that exist. There, I don't think there's much a point, or I don't think it's that good for them to take any stances on anything at all. Really, like, mm-hmm. what do you mean? There's like, there's of course there's positive to things to this. June's coming up. If your logo isn't a certain way, I feel like people will start shaming you or applauding you one way or the other. Yeah, that definitely. And then happens. that helps the bottom line. So I don't, or or, or I guess I'm lost. Oh, I mean, sure, it helps the bottom line. I just don't think that's like a a good thing for like for society. Like, I think okay, yeah, you know, I agree, hundred percent. Coca Cola should be free to not have, you know, rainbow themed cans for a month, like Agreed. or ever. Like, they should just agree. I I don't know. Maybe they should just make their cans look the same in perpetuity. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm in agreement. <laughs> I don't. I don't think they like. There needs to be some obligation to jump on to every cause, even if the causes are good. I don't think the com- like. I think it's. To me, the the main reason I feel this way, I think, is because it feels false and it feels like it's pandering when, like, a cereal company feels the need to mm-hmm. say say that they're with some cause. Like, mm-hmm. who are you doing this for? You're like, it's it's just a a stunt, really. Yes, it's it's feels hollow and and fake, and like you're just doing it for the for the numbers on either side. Right. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Chick Fil A. I'm looking at you. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I feel like maybe it'd just be better if they stuck to what they did and. Then that that would l- lessen this sort of like polarization of like everybody's grouping onto one side or the other side. Agreed. And I mean, I was actually going to mention that too. That I feel like we're polarizing at a faster rate mm. than than we were before. That's probably um, true. And it's I guess spiraling the sense of community downward because yeah. I I don't want to look at you and say oh he's a liberal so I have to talk to you differently <laughs> than, than somebody who who's not. Yeah. I like I. I I, I want to feel free to criticize Trump and Biden and Kamala and uh, what's the other guy? Who, somebody else on the rights, you the know? Santas. <laughs> yeah, the Santas. Equally, without yeah. without feeling like you're going to look at me differently, or I mean, you can look at me differently, but like you know, there's still a sense of community and a sense of like, I'm. It's okay to have a different opinion without you losing my friendship. Does yeah. that make sense? Oh yeah. Uh, and I feel like we're losing that at a faster rate. Yeah, it's like. Birds of a feather flock together, and it's more and more the the need for that. Like, I don't know. It's is it? I, I guess it's kind of a society. Like, well, definitely it's societally brought on, where like you feel like you can't be friends with the person who has different opinions than you because other people think you're weird. But it's also like now reaches like within. Like, you feel it yourself. Like, you you want to push that person away if they have a drastically different opinion than you do. And I think that's where I think that's evil. To be honest with you, to want to push somebody away who thinks differently than you, yeah, I think that's the worst. I've been against that forever, and even just like in a practical reason, like 
if you push people away, they're only going to get more extreme. And right. if you mean like say if you are a very left wing person, I think you probably should. It would be in your interest and in society's interest to have friends with right wing people so that you can like talk and, you know, maintain friendship, even though you have disagreements. And then, you know, you exchange ideas. It keeps people more together. Yeah, together, more <laughs> in the center, I guess. Yeah. And then if you push every relationship away that's different from you, yeah, these people are only going to get more and more different from you. And I mean that in a bad way, like it's just going to cause more and more conflict. And I And let me just say one more time. I hate how Christianity is being used as a weapon to do that. Yeah. I it boils my blood. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it seems like uh I think that really started ramping up in what was it? 16. No. Well, I was thinking uh what was it Ronald Reagan or is it was it George H.W. Bush where Christianity really started being tied to the politically to the right? I think that's Reagan for sure. Reagan, yeah. All the way back then, <laughs> we weren't even a thought. We were, yeah, yeah, but just yeah, escalating since then. I I find issue with a lot of people being okay with words losing their meaning. <laughs> How do you feel about that? Or are you okay with just letting it kind of um flow as the people want because language is a construct anyway? Yeah, I'm more of a word purist than most people okay. that I know personally are for sure. Like I think it makes communication much easier. And precise. And precise if words retain their meanings over time. And I guess there's going to be some some slow shift that's perhaps unavoidable, just a generational mm-hmm. change. But yeah, like I guess if every conversation were to make sure to include, we stop and say, what do you mean by that word? What's your definition of that word? Then it can be overcome, but that's like unrealistic and nobody does mm-hmm. that. So it's, okay, this goes into another thing I was thinking about the past like month or so is... One reason I think these words, we should try to keep them meaning what they've meant in the past. And if we if we want a new word to mean it, then just create a new word to mean it. Frindle, looking at you. <laughs> what? <laughs> Do you remember that book? No. <laughs> okay, I'll tell you later. <laughs> <laughs> um, but one thing that I've been thinking over the past month is I have this idea that there's already like a Venn diagram that's never completely overlapped for every single concept and idea and word any two people are possibly ever saying to each other. Like basically the idea is there's always some amount of miscommunication, even if it's, you know, 1% or whatever. So like we're having a conversation and the thoughts and things that are prompted in your mind, when I say a certain word, even if the word is like pond, you have a different conception of pond than I do. Right. So the the more that we try to keep these words at a certain meanings, the better we'll be able to actually understand and like, you know, pass thoughts between our brains Whereas communication is already difficult. Like, like we're already not even thinking of the same thing when we say simple words. So like it is already a difficulty. So you're making it only more difficult if mm. all of a sudden I want to start using ponds in a different way. Agreed. And then lastly, how do you feel about, I guess, circling back to the politicization and the changing of word, or, or I guess the, how, how words are being weaponized to mean different things. I have a fear, or, or not a fear, but rather a strong repulsion to the fact <laughs> that there's no accountability anymore in terms of like specifically for those in power. Oh, okay. Because um, I was just saying like I feel like there's over accountability. Oh know? no, no, yeah. Sorry, sorry. I meant like specifically for those in power, um, which affect our daily lives, right? Yeah. And I don't think it's gonna get better, bro. 
<laughs> I don't know. See, that is a case where um, it kind of makes me think of that uh, thinking yourself out of depression thing. It's like the abuse of power and the spiraling out of control of, you know, let's just say democracy in general. That only gets worse the less people believe in the democracy or like have hope mm -hmm. for it. So it's like this vicious cycle that's hard to break yourself out of. I feel like the the way you fix these things is at, by having a not informed and active community, like citizenship. So like everybody has to go vote. Like all of the young people have to vote and you have to vote in local elections and everything like that. Like if you continue to have a society where most people don't care about politics, I feel like there's a way to do it where you, you can care and you can be active, but you cannot be so judgmental and have it involved in every single interpersonal relationship in your life like you can you can save your or at least try to save your politics for when you're voting rather than every single pushing everybody out of your life yeah but like you have to be active in these things if you continue to not vote then people in power continue to not see any repercussions for their actions so i feel like it's uh i think you have to be engaged with the world i suppose personally i think uh technology is worsening that because it's becoming a bigger and bigger pacifier for our boredom for our anxieties yes. for everything yeah. meaning that we're not critically thinking anymore yeah when do you have the time to do that if you're driving you're listening to something when you're home you're listening to something or you're watching something yeah and like just to circle full just to go full circle with christianity again i feel like it, it, it provides a bulwark to a beacon to know like to, to center around and to like in all these wavy waters of troubles and decisions and tr stupid things happening in the world it, it, it provides a centered a centeredness that I guess the alternative doesn't so I don't know just thought um, I feel like I have some thoughts on that but before I say those yeah like with the technology exacerbating the problem it's not just voting like politically too I feel like it's important to like be mindful of how you spend your time and your money voting with your wallet what you know companies you give your money to and what but we're back to politicizing now everything like now you're politicizing money how i spend my money what do you mean like like the the if you want the world to exist in a certain way or like if you don't i see i see if you don't want things to spiral out of control and have people that are in power continue to abuse their power then you can't give those people money for instance if you don't want like mark zuckerberg to influence people's attention and subtly control their lives through the ads they're seeing and the people that they're connected to on Facebook that's, you know, not actually a random algorithm or anything like that designed to farm outrage, you have to stop going on Facebook, you know, to, to, to not use that technology. Like, if you are upset that, yeah. you know, some company is doing horrible things, stop paying them money. Like, you don't have to, I don't know, I feel like there is a, a balance between politicizing everything. You don't have to mm. make it... a, a, a question of pol politics you could you can make it a question of your individual beliefs about wh what you think the world is better off as one where everybody is constantly absorbed by their s cell phones or not and if yeah. you feel strongly about that you could get rid of your cell phone and get a flip phone or a no phone and that idea to me I is becoming more and more unrealistic compelling. because everything's on the phone now I think it's just a matter of regulating and and putting yourself in a mindset of I'm not going to be a slave to Instagram today. Sure. I'm going to 
be slave to something else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. You don't you, know? you don't have to only get rid of your phone. That's just an extreme option, I suppose. Yeah. You could also, you know, set up your phone so that you're only allowed to go on Instagram for ten minutes a day. Yeah. Or like, delete <sighs> your Instagram app, stop using it entirely, whatever along those tracks it may be. I feel like a lot of the world's problems could be solved if we get people critically thinking again. Yeah, I don't know about the again though. When were we critically thinking? I don't know, man. Our our establishments are pretty are are, are pretty nice, like government wise, and society wise. Like you and I can sit here on a random Wednesday afternoon and have the world run completely without us being involved right now. I think that's that's commendable, don't you think? Yeah, but that's, like that 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 required a lot of critical thinking. And we're like, still doing uh, that though. Like I feel like. Like, for example, um, less men are going into college nowadays. Where are these scientists going to come from? Are they all going to be women? Sure. But what are the odds of that in terms of, like, just choices, right? Mm -hmm. I don't know. I feel like we're critically thinking less when we used to do more. (laughs) I don't know. Like, would you disagree that the greatest generation was the greatest generation? Yeah. Why are they considered the greatest generation? I'm not sure. Because they fought evil and won being a Nazi regime yeah i don't know like i think that's commendable like they didn't know they were gonna win they left it all out on the line and and they did it you know at the cost of millions of lives do you think the world has seen a greater evil uh and we won you know yeah that's a good question i mean you have mao zedong obviously i just don't know like fighting in war like i guess it was probably a, a better war to be fighting in than most yeah but would you wait are you suggesting that maybe we shouldn't have fought or what i just don't know if that makes them like why if that makes them the greatest generation like okay is that is that what it takes just to fight in a a war against the The greatest evil that the world has ever seen yeah i think so and and win i mean neville i mean i i I was just at the holocaust museum in dc so it's it's a little fresh but like yeah just to see the rise of um, Nazism and how this, the West was so slow to respond mm-hmm. was shocking to me. I, I mean, I, don't know. I feel like there's several generations, though, that have done perhaps more great things in terms of, like, uh, achievements. Like, okay. Yeah, sure, it's, it does take, like, courage and, like, conviction to, go, to enlist in a war. But, like, you've got, you know, the generation of people that built a country. You've got the generation of people in, like, the late 1800s who built the entire American infrastructure of like electricity lines yeah, and railroads that's, that's across insane. the entire country. That is insane to do. Like agreed. I don't know which of those requires more effort. I think fighting evil requires more effort because it's, it's not just a physical fight. It's an ideological fight to where the things you're describing are a technical achievements, which aren't to be, you know, poo pooed on or what have you. But I think fighting an idea and I, in a, an idea is much more difficult mm-hmm to do and not to mention you know it it didn't take the allies a year to win it didn't take them two years you know it took multiple years to win this war touching on ideologies and having that anchor really did kind of help the boys bring it home (laughs) (laughs) bring home that w i don't know just a thought and then i feel like we like we need more people like thinking about community which is another topic but we don't have time you know just thinking about community versus the self um, it would help so much. Yeah. We had some other topics, but we could probably get to those at a later, later date if we return to this. But um, Sounds good. One thing that I was just thinking of real quick about the 
greatest generation is yeah they go off and fight evil but then when they come home i'm not so big on the 1950s in the late 40s of what happened there's the baby boom obviously because of mm-hmm. them and huge expansions of mm-hmm. everything like agriculture and suburbs. industrialization and mm-hmm. suburbs and i think a lot of that had negative results like drastically negative results like basically in terms of not being sustainable at all and destroying like you know the the natural world to a large degree by expansion of you know suburbs yeah. and just polluting everything like crazy and then developing all these um pesticides that just spread across the entire world and mm. just killing everything like mm. a, a lot of not really any thought going into these technological developments i don't know like yeah and that's not even touching upon save the world the come African home destroy American the world struggle specifically during that time. sure that, yes, that's not that even too. touching upon that right because yeah. those boys came home and, and then like, we're just we don't forgotten want about <laughs> yeah like yeah thanks okay goodbye see ya that's another topic but yeah i i definitely agree how it's it's just a duality of being human man it's like yeah. you know you 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 fight the evils that you can or you try to but nobody's going to be perfect and you just try to fight every day yeah all right well we've been talking for a while could sure we could talk about a lot more Thanks for coming on this podcast episode. No, thanks for having me. Um, before we end, what I usually like to do is ask my guests for a recommendation of a thing that the audience member could go do. Usually it's like if you've read any books, but you said you're not a big reader. So if there's any specific activity, could be a movie you've seen, a place to go, a thing to do, what one thing would you recommend that somebody who's listening does? I'll say one relevant to what you did, Okay. what you've been doing. If you can, if you have the ability to, I highly encourage you to travel while you're young and not save it until retirement or later in life. Agreed. It'll have a much bigger impact on you the earlier you do it. and It'll influence the rest of your life going forward. Agreed. I, I, I would also say just take bigger risks while you're younger and don't be afraid to take risks. I had a really cushy job in government when I went out on my own. And that was one of the things that caused my ex-girlfriend and I to break up to where I wanted to leave that, that yeah. comfort to kind of go on my own um, and I didn't have that support and so I kind of had to let go of that but the point is like just don't be afraid to risk it venture out on your own but in terms of experience I I, I would say get out on a boat I don't know yeah <laughs> specifically sailing I don't know I find it much more enjoyable to kind of just let the waves take you like I was talking to you with the girls you just just, just kind of just kind of let the waves take you and then you can direct not you know but, but just kind of let the water do with you what it will. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Oh, fan. All right. Thank you very much. And thank you for listening.